Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Royal Ascot preview podcast and video. This is for the Wednesday of Royal Ascot and I'm joined by two experts. To my right we have professional punter Mike Spence. Welcome back to Mike, thank you very much for coming. And to my left it is the man himself, Andy Holding, who writes a Odds Checker's very own tipster, writes a daily column for us, a very profitable column and we'll be doing so for the whole of Royal Ascot. So make sure that you keep up to date with that, although we're hoping he will... Un- Unleash some, some bets for us here today for the Wednesday of Royal Ascot. Uh, let's get straight into it then. And the first race of the day is the Queen Mary, where we have final song at 11 to 2. Good vibes at 8 to 1. Anna's Fast, 8 to 1. Ickworth, 8 to 1. Um, Kimari, 8 to 1. Divine Spirit, 10 to 1. 14 to 1. Bar. Worth pointing out here that we're recording this on Monday morning, uh, actually Monday afternoon. It's just gone 12 o'clock. So um, the declarations are only just in. So these are kind of the market has just been formed with the confirmed runners. Uh, very open, Queen Mary this. Mike, I'll come to you first, and, and, and who's, uh, who do you fancy here? Uh, two for me in here. I like um, Theory of Time quite a bit. Charlie Appleby has a few runners in the race, um, and he and James Doyle has picked this horse. She won on the same night at Windsor as Divine Spirit. Um, and I was very taken with Theory of Time. She knew her job really well, uh, won very well. She looks incredibly professional. Um, I don't think the drop back to five will have will be any problem for her. Uh, there's a lot in here which are going to go very fast, and I think she she just get a lovely toe into the race, and, and her stamina will will see her finish out well. I, I think she'll go really well. Um, you know, there's a few Wesley Ward horses in here that were sure to go off fast. It looks a lot of pace high, um, so I probably think you want to be high in this race. Um, I'd be very interested in raffle prize if they didn't make the running, which. They might well do. She was second to a horse, a filly called Daya, who I think I've pronounced that right, who's going to run in the Albany on Friday. Um, I think that's very good form. She then came out and won at Chester last time out. She went off far too hard, but her ability saw her through and she kept on to win. Um, Frankie Dottori is a very good booking there. Frankie, I don't think, will make the running. Um, The only thing is I'm not sure she's drawn around many good horses, so I think she might have to tuck in and to have her best chance sit behind some of the Wesley Ward horses who are drawn a bit closer to the middle. Um, but saying that theory of time's drawn 16 here, she's right in the middle. Uh, and I really like her. I think she's going to get us off to a good start on Wednesday. Theory of time 14 to 1 with William Hill. Um, they are three places, four places Labrooks uh, at 12 to 1 and raffle prize 25 to 1 pretty much across the board at the moment. Andy? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, this is about as big a headache as you could probably get from a, <laughs> a time perspective. Um, all the best fillies are here. No, nothing shied away. Godolphin, amazingly, have decided to run three. Three of their best, um, which makes life even more difficult. And then if you chuck into the equation um, a certain Wesley Ward, uh, gate crashing the gig, um, it does become a very difficult um, balancing act. Uh, Obviously, we don't know the ground. We don't know the draw. This is the first time we've really got a big maximum field on the straight track, 28. So I don't think we're in any rush to play at the moment until perhaps the, 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 the dust has settled after day one. But I'll deal with the ones who have, I think have got the right kind of numbers and mentality for this race. I think Theory of Time is definitely one of them. I think James Doyle has chosen the right, the right one there, if that was the case. I think Raffle Prize is definitely a player. Um, Mike's quite right to point out that she did show 
incredible tenacity having been taken on for the lead at Chester. She had no right to keep going the way she did, having burned up a lot of energy. And her form ties in quite nicely with that nice horse of Roger Varian's, and her time figures have been very good. Um, I think Liberty Beach has been overlooked. I think some firms have got 33 to 1, which is an insult. Um, Cigar, um, uh, Signor, what was her name, that Castello, was it all? The one that won the race last year for the same yard? Signor. Signor. Uh, oh, yeah, whatever. The Quinn Horse that won the race last yeah. year. Uh, many apologies to connections of uh, John <laughs> Quinn's filly. Um, Signor Caballero. She won the uh, Hillary Needlert um, Beverly in a decent time, but she did it stuck out in the wing early on. She got no cover and still quickened up quite smartly to win. Um, beat a good horse in Rose of Kildare. Uh, and obviously Good Vibes won that very good race at York as well. She'll be very suited to the way this race is likely to pan out. Harry Bentley will be giving the instructions to ho hold on to her and come through strong. She was very good. At, she's the kind of ascot... Em, you know, embryo horse that you want. Horses can have nothing to do with early speed and then dive bomb the lot at the finish. So I think she'll be there or thereabouts and final songs in there as well with a chance. I think this race is a real headache. I'll end up probably putting up two in this each way <laughs> because of the prices. I love it. Everyone else said this race is a headache. I'm going to steer clear. This race is a headache. But yeah, but I'm, go I'm going to have to be duty man to tip in this because yeah. I'm, I'm being a time figure man. I've got to try and... Of course. But it'll be a classic case of I've got five or six to choose from and on the day I'll end up picking two because of the draw, the ground and the price. And at this stage, I've mentioned hopefully at least a couple that I'm going to put up, but I, I couldn't say, right, these are my definite two. Yeah, yeah. So more work to go into the Queen Mary there, but yeah, a couple of yeah, horses yeah. to put but in. But I hopefully I've mentioned a few there that I'm likely to be choosing from. Yeah. Uh, on now, so then let's get to the, to the Queen's Vars. Uh, Western Australia seven to two favourite uh, Jalmud thirteen to two. Um, Norway is around about the five to one mark. A bit of thirteen to two around, I think. If you're quick, I don't know how long that's going to stick around. Given um, the hundred to thirty with Labrooks, uh, and then twelve to one bar again. The market a bit of a mess because of, of decks just coming in. Um, but Mike, where are you looking at? I think this is a a poor race for usual. A really poor race. Um, the likes of Western Australia are favourite here. I mean, he, he beat. Pythian last time, he runs again, but Pythian hasn't won since he won his maiden in July. I mean, he, he does look a strong stayer, but, you know, he's, he's really nothing special. And, I, and Norway is, is, is interesting. I don't know who Ryan Moore's going to pick yet, because Aidan is typically slow with his jockeys. Um, he looked very slow at Chester, but this is a, a slow race. It's one mile six, and he is, he's a classy horse. Um, I'd be more inclined to go with Jal Mood, who I, I thought was very impressive when he won at Newmarket, um, and he won despite looking beat last time. I, th I thought he got given a bad ride by Pellier um, at Longchamp. I, th I just think he could be a lot better than what he's currently showing. He he's unraced. Um, <clears throat> sorry, not unraced, unexposed, sorry. And he'd finished second, ironically, behind Moonlight Spirit, who also runs in this race. Um, I, th I think Jal Mood's got more potential than him and James Doyle has, has picked him I, I think he, he's probably a very solid price and will run his race he, he's 13 to 2 at the moment with Labrooks and Coral um, and 11 to 2 in other places 6 to 1 with Bet Victor I, I think he's a, he's a generous price in what looks a weak race here I, I, it, it doesn't look up to the usual standard it, it, you know, it's not a group 2 field here um, 
it's more like a listed race really or, or, a, or a weak group three and Jalmud could just be better than these he obviously won a group three last time and he comes here with, uh, listed sorry last time and he, he's obviously unpenalised but I, I think he's, he sets a, a good standard and he'd be he'd be my pick at the prices Jalmud setting the standard then 13 to 2 <coughs> around at the moment Andy do you agree? Yeah, I mean, Mike's summed it up in a nutshell, really. This is a really, really poor renewal of this race. Um, with the greatest respect to the runners, and in particular Western Australia, who's favourite, um, you know, they wouldn't lay a glove on some of the horses that have won this race in the past. That said, th there's only really three trainers who traditionally you need to look at here. John Gosden, Mark Johnson and Aino O'Brien. They, I think, have taken this race the last 10 to 12 years. Um, and it's surprising that John Gosden, who had two or three entered up, hasn't run any of them. He's running them in handicaps, so I think that's worth bearing in mind when they run later on in the week. Mark Johnson's got one representative, sorry, two representatives, but they're certainly not the two that I thought he would go for. Um, he's got uh, Nayev Road, who got beat fairly ready last time out, and, and the Max Wican, who, you know, is only rated 94. So it's a bit of an oddity, oddity that some of the bigger trainers are actually not really having a right crack at this. Um, I certainly respect Western Australia. His time figure was all right the other day, but Mike's already pointed out he beat Pathion, who isn't, you know, nothing special. Um, Barbados doesn't look anything special on what I've seen of him so far. And, and Norway was, a, dare I say, a bit of a foot soldier in the derby. Um, you know, he, he, he was ridden by Jamie Spencer, but he was, he was, he was second. I think uh, he was there to force the pace for Sir Dragon A yeah. and, and the Anthony Van Dykes of this world. You know, he went off a 40 to one shot. Um, so he'll be ridden differently with a with a more uh, in, in a way that he's going to try and win this race rather than just you know go through the motions. I do think Joseph O'Brien's got a nice horse in the shape of Eminent Authority. Um, I think he's all right. You know, he got beat th third of three at Leopardstown last time out, but it was a tactical event. He didn't get suited by the way it panned out, but he looked a thorough stay at the time before when he won in a good time at Listowel. If I was looking outside the box at one from a, an informed stable that doesn't represent the usual. Um, winner finding methods in this race I, I, I think he could run quite well um, but again at the moment I haven't really got my betting juices flowing for this race yet because I just think it's such a poor race I, I normally keep my opinions to myself but given your, both of your opinions seem to be that it's a rubbish race I'm going to just flag up one horse and you can tell me that I'm wrong uh, and Nate the Great for Archie Watson and ran behind Anthony Van Dyke at, in, in his only run this year at Lingfield mm -hmm. uh, came second in the Cheshire last year as well so we know it goes okay at the track and then came third as well in a listed race uh, in July. So maybe one there who could just pick up the pieces if it is a poor race, who uh, who could be progressive and for a trainer who's obviously enjoying an unbelievable season as but well. I think so. the max we can is, is worth pointing out. He's 20 to one with bet 365. Um, I think he's got a very good chance each way if it didn't rain. Um, he just seems to prefer faster ground. He won his first two starts well. Um, and then he was second behind Technician, which giving him quite a lot of weight at Leicester. Uh, which I don't think was a bad performance because Technician went on to win a Group 3 in France over the weekend. Um, he was trying to give him you know, £10 that day at Leicester. Um, and most recently, he was second behind Durston, who was a good winner at Chester on the weekend as mm -hmm. well. And uh, that was over a mile six. I, he does have a bit to find on the figures, but as we keep saying, this is a really poor race. And at 20 to 1 with Sylvester on it, you know, as you mentioned, Mark Johnson. He'd know which horse to run in here, and he, and he is he's not the fastest of horses, which is mm. why they're obviously... I think he's a lot better than 94. You know, whether he has the class to step up and win this race, 
he needs to prove that. But at 20 to 1 each way, I, I, I'd be willing to, to chance him. Um, 20 to 1 with Bet365, that is. And Labricks and Coral came out 10 to 1 after the decks were announced. They've clipped them into 8, so somebody's uh, obviously been taking a bit of 10s there. Yeah, prices are a bit all over the place, but it's yeah. still 18s in a place as well. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. He just. I think he, in 90, he's better than 94, and the fact that he is rated 94 is probably the reason why he's that price, okay. but I, I think that rating is probably wrong, and, and he's better than that. So now on to the Prince of Wales stakes, and hopefully you guys won't say this is a terrible race, but we've got Magical at 2-1 to one favourite, Sea of Class 11-4, to four, Crystal Ocean 9-2, to uh, Waldgeist 13-2. And then Zaville Prince, 20 to 1, 50 to 1 bar. Some, some cracking horses at the top end of this market. Andy, I'll come to you first here. Um, as, a, as, a, as a race itself, it looks like an absolute cracker. Mm-hmm. But how do you view it as a, as a punting proposition? Yeah, I think for the purists, this is arguably one of the best races of the whole meeting. Um, others will have their own little um, um, specialities. You know, sprinters, you know, the King Standall will obviously be appealing to some, and some are like Gold Cup horses uh, later on in the week. But this, as far as pure quality, from top to bottom, um, is, is easily one of the most mouth-watering. Um, it's going to be interesting tactically because, well, to my eye, there's no obvious front runner. Maybe uh, Hunting Horn has been put in there, arguably, to, to make the pace for, for Magical. Uh, I don't want to sort of preempt any sort of um, <laughs> tactics and what might be going on without the Aidan O'Brien camp. Sure, if Aidan's listening, he'll say, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, he's all ears. Um, I mean, Magical's got a great chance. She's won here. She won over a mile and a half. She's been brilliant so far this season, albeit she's just basically turned away flag of honour three times, which, you know, they've basically been three just time trials. But this will obviously be deeper. A bit disappointing um, in, the, in the... Did she run in the... I think she ran in the arc, didn't she, from off memory? Uh, no. She didn't? Did no, she, she did. She was, yeah. she, she was a bit unlucky, though. She was yeah, she there. didn't get the closest runs in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so on that form, alone with Sea Class, that, that, that might be a bit of a difficulty holding that form line up. And, of course, Sea Class comes in here off the back of no runs and... Is she better over mile and a quarter? I think what you've got to slot into your thought process is I, I want a hard-knocking mile and a quarter horse that's sort of been there, done it, is, is ready now and has got great track form, and that's Crystal Ocean. Um, he just ticks every box. I think if, I haven't seen any prices, but if he was in and around the four-to-one mark and I could get quarter the odds on the day, even seven to two quarter the odds. So nine to two, fifth the odds at the moment. I mean, that, that, is, a, that is a standout each way bet. Um, I mean, he dines at the very, very top table. Yes, he probably just falls ultimately short against the absolute brilliant horses. You know, your likes of Enable, uh, your likes of Cracksman who, and, and Poets Word have turned him away in the, in the uh, King George after a, a great duel. But he hardly ever runs a bad race. And, and the Stout team are in arguably better form than they've ever been. Um, you know, Ryan, Ryan Morn um, knows him inside out, which is a bit of a shame, but he's fucking always. Not a bad um, uh, deputy. I'd certainly give Walt Geist a chance. He looked as good as ever the other day when he won in France, having slightly been a bit underwhelming in, the, in, in a few races last year, albeit he was slightly unlucky in the arc when he was staying on fourth or fifth. So a fascinating race, like I say, tactically more than anything else. But again, if, if similar to Mab's Cross, um, I'm on up an each way double here, Mabs Cross and, and, and Crystal Ocean. <laughs> Sounds like I'm making up your mind as we're talking um, here about your... Sort of own. even money the one and, and two to one a place the other. Yeah. I mean, 100 quid each way double return, 600 quid, which is, you know... It's not too bad, is it? It's not too bad at we're all. We're not advocating <laughs> that level of stake. No, 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 I'm just... Spend, yeah. <laughs> spend, 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 take what you can afford. Yeah. Um, 
Mike, do you agree with the uh, with the crystal ocean each way angle, or have you got another one that you're you're eyeing up? I, th- I, th- I can see. It. I, the prices look about right to me. The one that I would love to have confidence in backing is Wildgeist. I just think with the rain coming, he he's just always he's in. I think he likes soft ground. I think he's really improving, but he's never won outside of France, and it's a huge negative. Mm. There's for some reason this horse just doesn't seem to be as good when he travels. I, you know, he got, he got beat odds on here, didn't he, in the past? He was at four to seven. Came four to in, seven. The, in the King George, yeah. didn't he? Got beat by Daniel um, Kodiak. That's it, Daniel Kodiak beat him. <laughs> yeah. I know. But you, you look at that, and he, he obviously got beat by Daniel Kodiak, but some of his form, some of his form is, is good enough to, to really mix at the, the top table. But he's, he's not done that away from France. He, he got beat in the Irish Derby as well. You, but you look at the, I mean, obviously he got beat, he's come over twice, once in the Irish Derby, once... At Ascot, he's been beaten two lengths and an X, so it's not as if he hasn't. It's not as if he's bombed out. Is it? I mean, I know that he hasn't run to true form, but getting beat by Dane Hill Kodiak is <laughs> not really the best trial for winning this, this no, race. No, but albeit in you know October I, 17. I think it's competitive. For me, the prices look about right. I, I see if class. I wouldn't want to be with at the price because no. she hasn't run this year, and I'd just be happy to let her run at that price. I can definitely see Crystal Ocean's. You know. He's, He's very fit. Mm. If it was to get really soft, you'd, you'd, just, you'd, you'd have to wonder about quite a few of them if it went really soft. Um, he's, he's, one of the, he's one of the soft, isn't he, Crystal Ocean? He'd handle it. I don't think he's quite as good when it gets really soft, though. No. And it might play into the other hands more, but you know, if you get to the day and, it ha- and they miss those thunderstorms, I think... Yeah, I mean, it's I, worth I pointing out now agree. that the, the, the rain forecast does suggest that kind of Tuesday overnight and then Wednesday morning is when the rain will come if it does. Mm. Um, yeah. So all of this comes to the caveat of, of not being sure what the conditions are going to be come Wednesday. Um, but, but as you say, I mean, we can't really <laughs> speculate now. So if the rain no, does come... No, I just think, yeah, that's right. I think if it was to go really soft as well, I'd say there has to be a question mark over whether Sea of Class will actually run. Um, so if you're doing your each-way double... <laughs> just be careful because I don't think they'd be wanting to run her on really soft ground and you'd be down to two places because there's only eight declared at the moment but you, you know Ascot might as we've said in you know Ascot might get a lot of rain if they do get a lot of rain it, it could well be heavy ground because it's obviously it's pretty it's much softer on the round course at the moment um, I think yeah this, this, this race you need to really watch watch the weather overnight um, check who turns up check what it's going to be and at the moment the prices look, look about right right to me but I certainly wouldn't put anyone off Crystal Ocean he look, he's very very tough very solid so Crystal Ocean at 9-2 to two seems to be the, the selection here um, but be careful of course because if one does come out and there are only seven runners you'll only, you'll only get two places for your each way bet so it could be worth waiting till closer to the off uh, on that one um, if you I mean depending on whether or not the price holds up um, the Duke of Cambridge now the fourth race of the day um, and uh, Rorda is the four to one favourite. Um, I can fly is, is five to one second favourite. Voracious, a horse that should come with a health warning when you're backing it, given the way it travels, uh, is seven to one. Uh, Pretty Baby, seven to one. Uh, Agriterra, eight to one. Ananarium, ten to one. Fourteen to one. Bar. Andy, uh, another op- open looking uh, race in the Duke of Cambridge. Uh, where are you seeing the value? Um, well, I do think that race that was run at Kempton uh, early on in the season, um, it was a listed or group three. On the old weather was probably the key to this race. Agriterra beat Preening, beat Rawar. Mm. Uh, the general consensus is that Rawdar was a shade unlucky, or the way the race developed suited Agriterra, who was for her ridden a little bit more prominently than normal. 
I mean, I remember when Agritera landed a big punt in the in the Sandringham last year. Mm. It was a typical Spencer last to first job. Um, she could be ridden any way as well, um, Agritera. But like I say, going back to Kempton, um, it was a really uh, it was a period where that there, there was a lot of dry weather and that and that surface at Kempton sometimes gets very very dusty and powdery and it makes life difficult for those coming off the back of the pace so it, it, it definitely played into the strengths of Ed Walker's horse um, again a lot depends on the conditions here what, the, what they're going to be like but if it, if, it, if it isn't too bad I certainly do think that Aguatera has got every chance of upholding that form it's not in tablets of stone that Rawdar would mm. get be guaranteed to turn the form around uh, and I do think um, Preeny looks massively overpriced at 25 to 1 considering that she split the pair uh, to, on, on what I can um, see on merit that day um, she came out with a real strong finish she's run well here before as well she was second to Clon uh, Cooley last year and um, the Fanshawe team seems to be in good form this season he's got some nice thrills coming through one that dead heated yesterday at, yeah um where Doncaster, wherever it was. Um, it's at Salisbury, wasn't it? Beg your pardon, Salisbury. Yeah. Um, so I, I would suggest at the prices in front of me here, perhaps a couple of each way bets. And you can back Agritera each way at eight, and you can back Preen in each way at 25s. I don't think there's any harm in that project. Both finishing ahead of the favourite order in that race at Kempton that you mentioned. Well, exactly, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really seem to make stack up. Yeah. that much sense to see why. There is such a massive discrepancy in them. Mm. Mike? <laughs> I like Rawdar. <laughs> <laughs> she was fat as can be at Kempton that day. I, I thought she was just ridden with the season in mind. Uh, that definitely wasn't her derby, whereas I, I felt the first and second Agritera and Preening were, were primed for that day. Um, I really like this horse. I think a stiff eight would just about be okay when she won at Newmarket last year it was very soft ground they called it good to soft but it, it wasn't really um, I think the ground will be perfect for her any rain won't be a problem either uh, she just looks to me like a stout improver I mean if they if I just yeah I think she's got so much going for her this time I think she's a very solid favourite um, voracious is interesting cause she as you pointed out I mean she travels like and I, you know, I, I actually thought at the start of this season she'd win a Group 1 voracious. Um, I do use it some 10 to follow competition. I put her in because I thought, you know, stout four-year-old filly, I thought this filly would win a Group 1. But the way she's been finishing her last two races, it's, it's impossible to really, mm. you know, they put a tongue tie on last time. It suggested that she made a noise first time. Um, you know... There's no real indication that softer ground's what she needs. And you, as a punter, you're kind of scratching your head as to why she's not finishing her races. But she's the one I think could win or, or be nowhere. And it wouldn't surprise me if she did win. But Rawdar is the one I'd, I'd be really keen on. Um, Any thoughts on I can fly from either of you as well, just so we can cover off the um, end of the market? She's got loads of talent. Uh, I think she's very much ground dependent on herself. Um, I don't think she'd want it um, too, too extreme. Um, she has run well course here before though beyond Roaring Lion I mean she runs up to that level mm. there's, there's a chance the, the only reason I'm leaning towards the other two at the price is obviously I massive respect Royal. I mean I've talked about that race at Kempton in glowing terms but she's yet to run at Ascot and the other two have I was, uh, 
you know, we've, we've talked about on this uh, podcast for quite a while now about horses that have got great Ascot form and they come back time and time again. It's like the Cheltenham form, isn't it? Mm. You, you avoided at your peril. I like the fact that Aguatero's got, uh, you know, um, good C and D here, a good, good, good CV here. Uh, and, you know, Preen has run, run well here before as well. So at least they've got Ascot form, whereas Rawdar hasn't. So that, Rawdor, that would be my only yeah, yeah. negative if I was going to find a negative. So Rawdar four to one, popular with Mike, but it's, I mean at least that's that, that race. You know, you're all taking it out of that one Kempton race. That's okay. It's an easy. Well, one between to find. the three, <laughs> between the two is hopefully we've now the winner. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, so uh, Rawdar for Mike at four to one, Agraterra eight to one uh, each way. That's with three six five or Hills. Although Labrooks do go four places and they are seven to one, um, and then Preening at twenty five to one. That is with Hills and Unibet who are both three places. Uh, on now to the Royal Hunt Cup. Um, we have a uh, new graduate is the six to one favourite and the only single figure price horse in the race. Um, Settle for Bay, Robin of, N- of Navin and Raising Sandal, 14 to one. Seniority, 16 to one. Um, Kinran, 16 to one. Key Victory, 20 to one. Morden, 20 to one. 25 to one bar. Um, I'll open this up to the table and, and let you guys pluck out a couple for, for, for this minefield. I don't mind going for I think I like two in here. I think, I think the, the weather will, will play hand. If it was uh, one horse, I think it's probably worth backing regardless. But if it was to end up being good to firm, you'd be a bit dubious. It's, it's raising sand, obviously, goes very well here. Um, a slight caveat is he's drawn, I think he's drawn 25. Or is he drawn, is he drawn 32? I think 32, 32. Isn't 32. I think, he, you know, he, he's going to be dropped in, ridden for luck. I'm not sure that's that's necessarily ideal and then on the other hand the favourite as you say new graduate's been given stall one and, and that's not ideal as well I, I wouldn't I think he looked he looked short in stall one um, but I'm going to put one up at, and if, if this is assuming they don't get the deluge but this horse has got a big chance and this is Shui Feng who won the race in 2017 um, he was disappointing last year in the race but at the same time he'd also been second in the Victoria Cup off a mark of 106 he was obviously not going to make a stallion, so over the winter they gelded him, gave him a wind up, and he was ridden as if this was his target last time at Goodwood. He ran in a handicap. I thought he ran very well. He travelled well. He did everything right, and you could tell he just got tired um, off his big weight then. He's got course form. He's won the race before, and at 33-1, to 1, if it doesn't rain, because I wouldn't want it to be soft for him, I, I think he's got a really big chance. Um, this is one of these races where nothing's really got that much in hand apart from really new graduate, but there's so many negatives for him being in store one mm. um, mm. and his lack of experience that I'd be happy to take, take him on at the prices, to be honest. And yeah, Zhui Feng, if it didn't rain, and I, th- I think if it was to rain, if it was to come up soft, raising sand, I'd really fancy him each way, something like six places each way. Well, Labrick's currently six places uh, on Zhui Feng at 33 to 1. And uh, Raising Sand is currently uh, 14 to 1. That's with Betfair and Paddy Power, who are both five places. Ladbrokes, six places, is 12 to 1. And are you, you going to give us a couple as well? Yeah, I think New Graduate's a, a poor favourite. Um, yes, he was impressive on the eye um, at Ripon, fast time and all that. Um, Fayez the third has won twice since, I think. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. But he's gone from mark of 90 to 105. And he's drawn store one. Um, You'd be a brave man if you thought you, you were thinking about the crown jewels and that at five to one. Yeah, can find better five to one shots at this meet than that one. Um, and I've got thirty runners to worry about. 
Um, yeah, well, you put it into context, it's the same price as, as Crystal Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Raising Sands has got to run well here. Massive eye catcher last time out. Loves the track. Be lovely for Nicola Curry to um, get the leg up on this and to, to be, I think it's only the second female jockey to override a winner at really? Ascot. Is that something? I think mm. that's a stat that's flown around at the moment. And the other one that caught my eye last time was Robin Navin. Obviously, one or two shrewd judges have mentioned this one in dispatches. But he was a massive eye catcher at Newbury. I think he would have won with a clear run that day. He was literally um, stuck in behind a wall of horses and couldn't go anywhere. But his third, the time before that, could not have worked out any better. Now, you're looking at is the group horse in a, in, lurking in a handicap um, scenario? Um, I mean, this surely is it. He's got beat three lengths by Zarke, uh, who I think won a group three at, at Epsom the other week. And Barney Roy was second. Mm. I mean, what price had Zarki and Barney Roy being here off a mark of 105? Um, the answer to that is probably very short. Even Circus Couture, who was beaten 14 lengths, has bolted up since. Yeah. So arguably, that, that, that is the best form line, I think, coming into, into the race. And that was at Ascot on the straight track. It wasn't like it was just any, anywhere. So he's got solid course and distance form. Um, he's drawn right in the middle, which gives Yoshi Murphy a, a chance to go either side. I don't think it's, be, it's a race to be too dogmatic about at this very moment in time until we've seen the draw pan out, see where the best ground is, see what the right happens to the weather. Um, but we get a good chance of looking at it in the first race on the Wednesday yeah. um, with the big field for Queen Mary, 28 runners. Uh, so if, if you're prepared to keep your powder dry and wait and then make your bet after that, if you've got another two hours to, before the five o'clock, I, I think Robin and Avon and, and um, Rising Sand are the two I'd be looking at. And for Robin and Navin, what I mean? What would be ideal conditions? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's all right with anything, okay. to be honest. Okay. So no, um, not necessarily. You can probably take the fourteens now, really. Six yeah. paces. I, I think Robin of Navin for me is just one of these horses which always shapes well and then just never does it. Yeah. He hasn't won Possibly. for years now, I think. But yeah. Maybe, maybe Racing Sands the same though. A couple of fourteen to one shots as yeah. well, and then Jury Feng, an interesting one at thirty threes. On to the last race of the day, uh, and it is the Windsor Castle uh, Temple of Heaven. Is seven to one uh, favourite. Fool, foolish humour uh, and Karak next up at ten to one. Um, Dylan de Vega, twelve to one. Uh, Summer Sand, sixteen to one. Red Epaulette, sixteen to one. Uh, Twenty to one bar. Again, um, a bit of a minefield. So I'll let you guys take it on and, and tell us where to uh, where to have a look. There's one horse in this race. Um, I was talking to Mike earlier that has probably got the most talent in it, but he he, he could just. Be- fall into the uh, I'm a little bit of a monkey category and that's uh, Southern Hills um, on both occasions when he's run he's, he's looked a very smart horse particularly last time out he came of course called Air, up against a horse called Air Force Jet in a very fast time and having the pair of them pulled 15 lengths clear of the rest and he went a couple of lengths clear looking as though he got the race in safe keeping um, but unfortunately he um, he decided that enough was enough about half a furlong from, from, the, from the line and on that stiff climb to the line he, he got run out of it by Joseph O'Brien's horse but I think if they can hold on to him as long as possible uh, up the stand side rail and deliver him late he almost needs Jamie Spencer on him just to kind of ride him that way I think he, he'll have a chance only of running in the first three or four um, I was quite taken by what's called Ray Young uh, when that won at um, Carlisle on debut um, there was a horse in that race called Spartan Fighter Declan Carroll's horse who clocked a phenomenal time next time out when he won at Ripon and he was battered by Ray Young first in that race um, 
even though that time figure wasn't brilliant on the day, because they said the subsequent form of it has worked out really well. And I like the way he quickened. And Carl Burke is certainly not frightened of um, having winners at this meeting, particularly two-year-olds. So early days yet, symbolised is another one I'd probably throw into the mix. She was quite good when she won at Salisbury first time out. Um, but yeah, probably again a, a race I'd leave to, to the day. Well, Southern Hills, you flagged up 14 to 1. Rayon, currently 20 to 1. Uh, Mike? Uh, I think, think it's incredibly open. I wouldn't have a strong opinion other than I think Temple of Heaven's a very smart horse and I think he'll run very well, but I'd be sub- I don't think I'll be having a bet in the race. Fair enough. Temple of Heaven, currently 7 to 1. No point tipping up something if there's no real fancy. So that brings us to a close on Wednesday. Thank you very much to both Andy and Mike for joining me. Uh, we're doing a we're previewing the whole week's racing. So if you've enjoyed this, uh, if you've enjoyed listening to it or watching it, you can find it on YouTube as well. But make sure you check out the other previews for the rest of the week because um, we are going through every race and every card for the whole of Royal Ascot.